Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello and welcome to the podcast. In this session, we're going to be talking about the ongoing unrest in France. And with me to do that, I'm joined by our lead analyst for Europe, Matt Sachovsky. And Matt, thank you very much for for joining me. Um, So what's been going on? So in France, in the past two and three weeks, we have seen quite disruptive and last weekend violent unrest. We have seen in total about 900 people being injured. This includes 150 police officers. There have been three deaths in accidents just over the past weekend. About between three to four million uh, million euro of property damage has been caused. And of course, for, for example, in the in the hospitality industry, we have seen hotel bookings drop by around 20 percent. So th- those have been some quite significant impacts. Other 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 implications include border crossings near Spain being being, being blocked, or petrol stations across France being closed off. There have also been some protests uh, in Brussels and The Hague, for example, in solidarity with the Yellow West movement, though those have been very, very small scale. So this isn't just in Paris. This is, uh, this is now a nationwide problem. Which, which cities have been worst affected? So Paris has been traditionally the most affected. But what we have seen is quite an interesting development where although around, around five to 6,000 protesters attended the most, most recent marches in Paris, that is quite a small proportion of the total number of protesters, which has been around 100,000 in the most recent protests. So a surprisingly large number of those demonstrations have been located outside of major cities. But of course, Paris is among the most, most vulnerable locations. Okay, so what are the latest developments? Um, what's happened in the last 24 hours? So today, Prime Minister Edouard Philippe announced measures to which aim to kind of announce, appease the protesters as well as mitigate further impact of further protests. He uh, suspended a controversial fuel tax by six months, uh, which was at the core of the of the protesters' demands. However, the tax itself has been targeted. It's not the suspension that will potentially, potentially help, but the, the underlying issues behind that tax. There has also been a large three-month public consultation on that tax that will be launched on the 15th of December. And another aspect, for example, of this of this is that technical requirements, which are part of a new legislation on automobile industry in general, have been eased somewhat. Okay. And so apart from this tax issue, which triggered this particular bout of unrest, what are the underlying drivers behind all of this? So a key, the key driver of these protests really is what we have been seeing for the past 12 months in France, which is that the anti-establishment and also almost a sort of personal anti-Macron sentiment in France has been rising. Now, this sentiment is prevalent among a very various range of groups in France. This includes far-right groups, anarchist groups, as well as fringe political parties, such as such as the Rassemblement National of Marine Le Pen, but also, also the La France Insoumise movement of, of Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Of course... Hardline labor unions, particularly the, the CGT, still suffers from a, from a degree of bad blood from the recent railway strikes in, in summer 2018, where they perceived that Macron has treated them unfairly. And there's, of course, student groups as well and other, other such groups that have sought to take part in these protests and that have used the yellow vest as a kind of symbol of anti-establishment sentiment, really. Mm. Okay. So going forward then, what's next? Are there 
I, mean, I, I guess protests are probably going to continue, but are there any, any particular predictions that you can make? So what we will see, there has been plans to have, a, have another such protest on the 8th of December. And that is, that is somewhat concerning because, again, the extremist elements among the most recent protests will likely come out again. We could see probably a smaller but still quite, quite concerning property damage and, and similar disruption. A key aspect to keep in mind is that the French government has changed its policing strategy towards these protests. On 1st December, they deployed a so-called fan zone, which was essentially a security perimeter around Champs-Élysées. And inside the perimeter, the French police only allowed people who, who had their back searched and their identities checked. Now, that, of course, led to clashes near, those, near that perimeter, outside of that perimeter. And these clashes then spread around the city and led to the, led to the, led to the damage at the Arc de Triomphe, for example. So that is, that is one mitigating measure that we have seen. Another key aspect to keep in mind is that the yellow vests are quite conscious of the fact that their protests are being used by those radical elements and they are trying to prevent that. Now, they struggle with this because the movement itself is quite divided. There have been two Yellow Vest leaders who tried to meet with the government yesterday and they cancelled that meeting reportedly because they received death threats from within that movement, reportedly from, from groups within that movement that were opposed to the meeting the government um, because of their hardline attitude. Um, another another issue is that the labor unions themselves, for example, the CGT, which I mentioned earlier, of course, uh, they, they are aware that this is an opportunity for them to, to advance their, their goals. And the CGT have scheduled a grand protest, as they call it, on the 14th of December, which is on that same day, there will be a deadline for the government to decide on a potential boost to the minimum wage raise. Now, that, that wage, of course, rises automatically in France according to a uh, formula which is legislated upon. So, And we don't expect the government to actually boost that formula in any particular way. But it again shows how the labor unions are aware of the developments and are, are using those, those protests to advance their own goals. Now, going outside of France, we did see two protests, one in Brussels, one in The Hague, that sought to use the yellow vest as a kind of symbol of, of anti-establishment mood. And we did see, for example, on social media that attendees of the, of the so-called Brexit betrayal march on 9th December in London, those people called or said that they would bring yellow vests to that protest as, again, a kind of symbol of anti-establishment mood. But again, those, those protests are locally driven. You know, there is no, no central campaign that these protesters are being organized by. There is no, no central organization across the region. And we expect those non-French protests to remain quite small. And then looking forward to the long term, of course, the, the, the suspension of the, of the tax is only a band-aid, really. It's a very, very short-term measure aiming to mitigate the immediate risks. And in the long term, a solution that will be able to sort of reduce the unrest risks in France in a sustainable way will be a measure that will benefit the lower income parts of the French society because, of course, the fuel tax impacts most on those people who are dependent on cars, meaning people in rural areas who are, again, in the lower income bracket. And this will, of course, take time, which means that Macron, who will, of course, continue to pursue, pursue his reform agenda, will again see more protests as he tries to implement that agenda going forward in 2019. Brilliant. Matt, thank you very much for all of that insight there. That's, uh, that's very useful. We will, of course, continue to monitor events in France and across Europe in the coming weeks and months. But nonetheless, if any of our conversation today has triggered particular questions, please do not hesitate to get in touch. 
Thank you for listening, and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you would like to learn more about our services, or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at sibyline.co.uk.